If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QG with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about the ups and downs of life. So, Ryan. Yeah. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind? (laughs) I feel more like somebody laying on a bed of petals of roses. Okay. With more rose petals falling over top of me. Is that a good thing or bad? It's one of those things. Now, let's talk about the ups and downs in life. Yep. I feel like we've both experienced. As a country in America, we're kind of in the down. <laughs> well, <laughs> some some could say that. Um, but uh, from a creative standpoint, mm-hmm. as we talk about, we kind of started this podcast off of a desire to, to discuss our creative pursuits. Yeah. And one thing that we have hinted at multiple times but haven't talked about directly is kind of those ups and downs of all of life, but yeah. especially I think for creatives, uh, sometimes those ups and downs, eh, maybe not. I was gonna say are felt more heavily, but not really. But everybody has them. But I I do think there's a a version that's unique somewhat to every kind of field that you're yeah. in, and um, and definitely with creative type people, whether you're a musician or a photographer, or filmmaker, writer, or whatever. You know, it's like you kind of live and breathe by the success of what you make. Yeah. um, And what you have the opportunity to make. And sometimes those opportunities are a lot Mm -hmm. and people are loving what you're making. Sometimes those opportunities are really little or people don't like what you make. Yeah. Or both. Um, So um, I know both of us have experienced this in our life. And I thought, we thought, you thought, I thought, we both thought that would be a good idea to talk about it a little bit. Because it's something that I think everybody likes to talk, especially now in our social media-driven world, about the good parts, mm-hmm. the happy moments, yeah. the big, ooh, this new exciting thing. Even even wrapping our failures with success so nobody knows that they're actually not going that well. Yeah. Um, and yet nobody really ever wants to talk about the uh, – as a really great documentary I one time <laughs> saw. This called it. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Is that a real documentary? Yeah. It's the one that we made together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure called writing up. No, no. He, that's what Drew talks about in it. He's like, uh, life peaks is valley. peaks yeah. and valleys. Peaks yeah. and valleys. You know, Drew was just a valley the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> peaks and valleys. Uh, just absolutely. Yeah, no, I think um, I was actually, as you were talking about it, just thinking about, like, why do we think it's peaks and valleys and i think a lot of it is wrapped into expectation um you know at a certain point like when you're younger your expectation is maybe not as high as it is because you you feel like you have so much time you know you'll you'll get to where you want to be there um eventually eventually yeah exactly you're like i'll i'll do what i'm doing now but i will get to where i want to go that's going to happen but we don't realize how far that is. Yeah. <laughs> like being on the trail, you know, Drew was like, I'm going to nail the hardest part first, which is, you know, he was a southbounder, which means he was going from Maine down to Georgia. And a lot of people think that everything in Maine is the hardest part. But as we found out, 
the whole trail is hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was hard throughout the whole process. There wasn't yeah. really any easy part. Yeah. Um, each part of the trail was a different. Uh, kind of hard. Yeah, different a different challenge. Yeah. And so in life, you know, I think expectations of, you know, will I get a job? Will I get married? Will I get, you know, all these different things? Will I be a success? Will, what does success mean? Um, and for me, yeah, I mean, especially with my book that came out, which is out, buy it on Amazon.com yep. right now. Yep. Go now. Um, TVLabarge.com. Yeah. I'm going to be very honest with everyone who's listening. I, I, my first book, Unwritten Legacy, within the first 24 hours, sold 450 copies, which was, I had zero expectations with that book, and it blew me out of the water. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Great. I had an expectation. I was still trying to lower my expectation with the next book. I was like, you know, probably won't sell as much, but, like, it will sell, like, Maybe a hundred copies or something like that. Yeah, in the first twenty four hours. Yeah, first twenty four hours. I think two copies. Wow, that's quite a difference. Quite a difference. And to be honest, this whole week just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and then this one you put in even more work. It feels like way more work. Um, had a better vision for it. Yeah. Um, you and you and Allie worked on it. Together. Alan, yeah, long conversations. Probably even thought about it a little bit. Uh, yes, had uh, so even more emotional discussions. <laughs> <laughs> so even more emotional. Yeah, uh, sacrifice was yeah. put into the book. Yeah, and just this expectation of like, you know, if we don't put it out there, you know, it's not going to succeed. You know, I yep. was thinking, you know, maybe we get a hundred copies sold or something like not not anything major, but you know. Um, and then just seeing the outpouring of support for it yeah. on social media. It's very easy to like something and then move on. Yeah. And then, um, nothing happens. So yeah, it's, it's the realization, the expectation of like, sometimes you're going to put a lot of effort and work into something. Even last week we were talking about like how God calls us to do something and, we were talking about this off mic, but you know, it's the as Christians we have a very spiritual side of things. So we think of, well, if God calls us to do something, therefore surely we cannot fail. And it's like the Bible's full of people who do what God wants them to do and they fail. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like I really, really felt like this whole past week, like Jonah, you know, after he tells everyone and then God doesn't destroy the city and so he's just kinda like, Well, it's me. Yeah. Like, what is, what's happening? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I felt like. I was just like, God, you want me to make this book? Maybe he didn't. Maybe that was my own hubris, you know? Like, all the words are out there free online. So his words, his message is getting out there to people. That's really all that matters. But it doesn't negate the fact that, like, we put a ton of work into it, a ton of hopes and expectations. And. I mean, it's been over a week. I still even have my own copy of the book. You yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah, it's they have not shipped it. They have done nothing with it, and so it's really depressing. And then like those people who do have the book still have not re- like one person has reviewed the book on Amazon. Yeah, I've I asked everyone to review. It. You know, it's just it's 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 a constant battle of oh, like no one actually cares. Yeah, 
it's out there for where is my where am I in this whole thing yeah. like I tried not to have expectations but somehow yeah. I did yeah. and it came crashing down yeah and so where do we go from here yeah <laughs> yeah I mean do you feel like you also put um like with the first book do you feel like between the first book and the second book do you feel like you put more of your like your confidence or your value in the success of the book no that's the thing i have i had no i was really just like pleasantly surprised with that book yeah i wasn't even gonna make a book until my friend chris was like you need to make a book you need to make a book yeah. and so he helped design it and like put yeah. all the work in and i was like great yeah that's awesome yeah. then success happens but i'm saying happens. in this book do you feel like you put like because hearing you talk it sounds a little bit like some of like a oh man nobody is buying this Nobody wants the book, almost like nobody wants me. You know, it's like it yeah. sort of feels like that's yeah. a little bit what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you, and not you, not that. I mean, I know that you know better than that, right? But I mean, whether you subconsciously, subconsciously, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah that, no, I mean, that every, some of the depression is a little bit of like, or some of the disappointment is like, oh man, yeah. I thought people liked what I wrote, right? I thought they liked what I had to say. When I you guess have, they don't. yeah, when you have a social media and you're posting just kind of your thoughts and all that stuff, and you're getting cons- constantly validated, yeah, constantly like, wow, those are great words of wisdom. People messaging you, it's really, just all these different things, and then it's the all right, I'm putting it out there. Is are is what I'm saying worth your money? And no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's that so, makes sense. Almost like getting rejected by a girl. Yeah, yeah, where she's like flirting with you and yeah, and, okay, and well, saying like put, all these. Let's put your money where your mouth yeah, is. Like, Will you go on a date with me? No. no. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, okay. So you, that was not. So you really didn't actually feel that way about me. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And you feel a sense of like a burden, and you want to disappear. And your voice, I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was, you know, the classic, just read your Bible, pray, you need to go to the Lord. I was like, yeah, but doesn't negate the fact that he is silent in this. Like, yeah. it's okay, I can still trust the Lord in his silence. I can still trust the Lord in my depression. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just, it, it. It is the jumping from the dock, hoping your dad will catch you in the water, and you just plunge in and drown. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like. I'm the kicking and and oh, it, there's no one there. There's yeah, nothing happening. So, I think with our expectations in the valleys, in the the highest of highs, we don't really think about it. You know, we just kind of think this is how life should be in the yeah. highest of highs. We should always yeah. be yeah. in the best possible situation. Right. We should always be selling 400 books when we weren't even trying to sell, make a book. Exactly. Like, we never think about – when we are in the lowest of low, that is, like, all we talk about. That is all we think about. We cry and we're like, why, 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 why? And then when we get up to the top and life is going well and we're a success in every level, it's never enough. You know? We're like, well, I could be on that mountain over there i could be over there i can keep climbing and so i think it's just very interesting that no matter what we're still on the path yeah we have a bad we we have poor perspective yeah throughout the whole journey 
Yeah. Whether we're on the peak or in the valley, whatever it is. Yeah. And it doesn't change the fact that, like, we can't, I can't just all of a sudden be like, I'm not going to be depressed. Yeah. When you're depressed, you're depressed. Yeah. But I think it's walking in that depression. It's like a cloak. Like, you just yeah. kind of have to wear it for a little bit and be okay. And we're just so conditioned in the Western world, I think, especially to just, like, keep moving. Because life keeps moving. Everything yeah. keeps moving. Capitalism, yeah. that's just how it is. It, one day we stumble. like. The <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's kind of even like the American way. Yeah. I think Europeans might not be as hell-bent on this, where some Eastern countries even might be. I could see Japan being kind of like this, too, where yeah. it's just like it's all about just, you know, grin and bear it, you know, yeah. and move on. Or um, not even not even like you grin and bear it. It's... I don't care about you. I'm I'm moving. We're yeah. all this whole ship is moving. Yeah. You know. So and we just feel like we have to to, to keep up with the current. Yeah. I think it's okay to be where you are and not move for a little while. Right. Little time. Be bummed that things didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Be bummed. Be depressed. Be despairing <laughs> yeah you know like i think as christians like despair is such a eh, word like yeah. don't say that if we have the lord we should never despair yeah and it's like that's true like christ is always with us i don't despair for my soul i despair for my moment in life and yeah. my yeah. what i thought was going to be my career um, or something I had a passion for. Right. And you just kind of have to live in that Yeah, and be okay. Well, I mean, there's tons of stories in the Old Testament about people constantly wrapping themselves in... Sackcloth. And, yeah, 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 and sitting in ashes. So, I mean, I feel like there's definitely people who despaired on a regular basis in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so wherever, wherever that, wherever we got that from doesn't always feel like... I don't. Know. I don't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like that's a, came from God. Yeah. Wherever, wherever we as a church came up with that idea, because I agree. I think. I actually think as much as, I think we too often forget to celebrate with God when we're on the on the peak. Yeah. And be able to stand back and be like, God, thank you, God, for all yeah. this, because we we somehow attribute it to our, our, our uh, capabilities that we got there on our 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 hard work yeah. versus God's blessing and you know on our on our way up to the peak we're constantly praying to god praying to god help me help me help me but then as soon as we get to the top we kind of forget about him <laughs> yeah. and then on the way down we're like please god please god please god no please yeah, yeah. god no and then once we get to the valley then it's like once again it's almost like we throw him out the w window too and i think god actually wants to celebrate our celebrations with us and i think he wants to sit in our sorrow with yeah. us i don't think there's anybody better that can understand like i mean it if anybody can understand things not going the way you wanted them to, you'd think it would be God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since he's the one that like, you know, I mean, you know, of course everything happened to his will, but I mean, I, I think it, it, I feel like he understands the pain. Yeah. Like where it's like, he originally did want us to all be able to just live on top of the peaks all the time. Yeah. You know, and now we do have sadness and disappointments and, and it's like, now we have to live with that. And I feel like he wants to live with that. Yeah. With us. Yeah. The, uh, even it's, if he's silent. Yeah. It is very funny because the Bible consistently, because we, we look at Jesus and we kind of think like, 
man, he just, he knew exactly what he was going towards. He knew that he would die a horrible death on the cross, and that was the whole point of life. And But he also said that life is just a vapor. It's so short. You know, we, we get so consumed with where we are right now that, like, life is eternal. Like, we are going to live forever, and so every moment, everything that matters to us here matters to Christ, but ultimately, like, 10,000 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll be like the elves in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, that was the whole thing, is they would giggle and laugh, and they almost didn't even... Elrond was, like, the only... El- Elrond and, like, like even Legolas in the book. Elrond was the only one that, like, cared about the Sauron and everything oh, that was, was happening. happening. Exactly. Like, all the other elves were like, we're out of here. Who cares? We've lived forever. Like, yeah. there's just this not this sense of, like, doom. Yeah. Because they're immortal. Like, they... Yeah. And so... But for us men, or uh, our hobbits, or, you know, people yeah. who are here, there is a sense of urgency because our time is so short. And we want to feel as if our life mattered in some way. Yeah. When the moment we're born, we're called children of God. And we matter infinitely, so it's it's hard to. But I mean, going back to your point, yeah. I mean, yes, we are. I think our sin holds us to the timeline of our yeah life here yeah. on Earth. Yeah. But in reality, we're eternal beings. I like that. Our and, sin holds us to a timeline. Of, yeah. yeah. And good. and um, in reality, we're eternal beings, and in ten million years from now, yeah. You're not going to be thinking about the fact that you only sold 30 books in right. the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, you're not going to be thinking about that at all. Um, and uh, the desires that God put in you to be somebody who writes about the truths of God and the relationship between God and humanity, that's something you're probably still going to be doing in 10 million years from now. I hope. And, and so it's like, you know, I love telling stories. I hope I still get to tell stories in heaven. Yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't. Yeah. If heaven's better than earth, then I'm going to be able to tell stories even better in heaven than I will be able to do on earth. Yeah. Because that's, to me, what being better than earth would mean. Yeah. You know? So I think I, I, I th- I've thought about that many a times throughout my life, like how much different we would actually live if we could remember that we're eternal. Yeah. Yeah. And that once you've lived in heaven for a trillion years, yep. one trillion years, <laughs> the 82 years you lived on Earth are really not going to seem that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, It will literally feel like one hour of your entire life or yep. one second of your entire life. You know, almost like if you took 82 years and you said, if one second you could be really disappointed, but then the remaining 82 years of your life you were in complete paradise, Yeah, would you deal with that one second? And everybody would be like, well, yeah. of course, yeah. hands down, why yeah. would I not? And that's what it's going to be like yeah. when we compare our earthly part of our life to the heavenly part of our life. And it's really even going to be more like that because it's infinite. So one trillion becomes 10 trillion, 100 trillion, whatever comes after that, a gazillion. Yeah. A, I don't even know what. I mean, there's numbers that we've never even created because we yeah. have no understanding yeah. of how that works. Well, time will not exist. Like, that's the, the it's a brain breaking moment of yeah. our brains cannot comprehend forever and so it goes back to what you were saying about christian art about the standard we have you know christian should be the ultimate standard you know christ if he called us to do something that should be the ultimate mark and so with our life our ultimate expectation is 
All right, Lord, I'm going to do my best for your kingdom here on earth. And I, you know, with the book, sure, it hasn't done anything, but online, those words are reaching yeah, thousands of people. And you don't know who the, I mean, well, you might know, I guess, but but you also don't know the impact that that book is going to have right. on the 30 people who wrote yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Who bought it. Yeah, and that's, it is, once again, the ultimate standard for Christian work. Our ultimate mindset should be that standard of, Lord, thank you for letting me have at least one person yeah. be affected by this. You know, 30 people, that's great. You know, yeah. that's the size of a small group of people. You know, right. that's that's great. So in all things, give thanks to the Lord. And I think they didn't say in all happiness and all joy, you know, in all things, whether you're in the valley or on yeah. the peak. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's, Knowing that that it is well with my soul, when it's not well with my mind or my heart or or stuff like that. Yeah, and we just we don't we you just go you go into any church and you listen to the worship service, any modern church I'd say, and it's always happy, happy, happy. You know, great is the Lord. You know, they just it's always this valley or a uh, uh, peak type worship, which is great. But the reality is this life is hard and we are most likely going to be spending the majority in the valley. Most I would say most landmasses in the valley. Yeah. You know, in yeah, the world. Sure. And so this mountaintop experience, there's people I grew up in Illinois. There's people who've never left Illinois. They'll never see a mountain. They don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. like, you know? So I it's a very interesting Yeah. So thing. I think um I'm gonna play the Todd. Yeah. The Todd role in this one which is you always try to bring me back to more practical steps. Um, although I love the big picture conversations because I do. I really, really do. Um, I think then you, you know, don't like the Mona Lisa because that's a small picture. <laughs> <laughs> you and the Mona Lisa, man. Garbage. Mary Jane <laughs> and you and Lewis's podcast. The Mona Lisa. You got to think about women with two names, two first names. I just don't like overhyped things. <laughs> Starting with M's, Mary Jane, Mona Lisa. Um, uh, so anyway, the practical, yeah. Um, I think for people, I mean, I think what we're saying, everybody can believe. Like those are the truths that we can believe, right. but it cannot change the way you feel. Yeah, like you're still gonna be bummed this weekend. Yeah, when only one book sale comes in. Yeah, um, you know, and for me, um, you know, when we were talking about some of this off mic, you know, for me. Like the documentary was a lot like this, yeah. And I know it was somewhat for you too. And I'm not. Uh, I would never, ever want you to think or feel that I am discrediting your sacrifice and work in the on the film. But yeah, I mean, I lost the car. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, but the uh, uh, but there's still something different from being the from you to me being the producer and director. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. like being the guy who says, "Let's go do this." Yeah. Who ropes everybody in? Who pays everybody while we're out there? Who pays for all the expenses? You know, who then comes back and then works with Jeff? It's like I pulled so many favors. Um, I spent a ton of money. Um, you know, and and I really, really thought, and I think I'm sure you felt this, someone feels this way too with your book. You know, you're writing a Christian book. I was making a Christian film. Yeah, and. I really thought when we were out there that God was going to do some really cool stuff with it. And I'm not saying that he 
isn't still going to do something cool yeah. with it. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but he definitely didn't do with it what I thought he was going to yeah. do with it. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah. Like what you're saying, like, you know, it's really hard to work that hard on something and put that much of your effort and your energy into. And then, and then nobody cares. You know, like I've said before yeah. to you, like two of my best friends haven't even watched the movie. That's wild. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I know if I like force them to watch it, they would. Mm -hmm. But I don't really want to force my best friends to watch my movie. Yeah. You know, just like you wouldn't want to like continue to sucker me into buying your book. Yeah. Like you just want me to buy it, you yeah. know? And so, you know, that, that, um, all I want is people to leave a review on Amazon. <laughs> of my book. None of my friends, everyone listening to this, have left a review on Amazon. It's me and one other person. <laughs> <laughs> Go and do it right now. Yeah, Go you can now. look. You can actually see my name. It says, hey, I wrote the book. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. I gave it five stars. <laughs> no one else. That's very funny. Actually. I haven't even take the book out of the box when I talk to <laughs> So, yes, it's, it's yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, and I just, you know, I think. And then, and then you do start playing these mind games with yourself of like, well, is it any good? Yeah. You know, um, did I just do a bad job? Do nobody want to watch it because they don't like it? Yeah. You know, um, and then every once in a while, somebody will say that's good and they really liked it. And then you're like, but do you really like yeah, it? Exactly. Are you just saying that to yeah. me? Because nobody else seems to like it. Yeah. You know, it's like you go to a film festival and there's five people in there and then two of them leave. And yep. it's a Christian film festival. And yeah. you're like, of all festivals, you think that this would do well in a Christian film festival. Yeah. And they don't even know that I'm the director and I'm sitting in the back and I'm watching people leave the film 20 minutes into it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like what you're talking about. Know, and, and I mean, it does. It feels like it's just like a punch to the gut. Yeah. Because your name's on and it. And to the groin. Yeah. I mean, like, just like, just like that empty feeling of like, I'm a failure. Yeah. Nobody loves me. Yeah. Why did I do this? This is a waste of my time. I spent all that money. I now have nothing. Yeah. I thought this was what I wanted to do with my life. If I can't even do this, what can I do? Yeah. I mean, you just quickly start like this spiraling out of control and yep. questions, you know, where it's like, I just spent a thousand dollars just to come down to this event. Yeah. You know, that was more waste of money, you know, just like throwing money out the window, Yeah. you know, and telling your wife, you know, like, this is what I want to do with my life. And she agrees with you and she believes in you. And then you come back and how was the film festival? Well, yeah. uh, it was good. <laughs> You know, not as many people as I wanted. Harry Potter World was cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, and going back, obviously, to, like, the Christian art part, like, your book was, you know, a Christian book. Our movie was a Christian documentary. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I did the best job, and I think that's one part that I, that's, like, the one thing that I feel like I can hang my hat on with the documentaries. I, I feel like it's, I did the best version that I could yeah. with that movie. Um, I don't feel like I, like even the fact that like I spent like a whole nother year of more editing yeah. after we showed it to like 200 people to try to, and got their feedback so I could make it as good as it could be. And yeah. it did improve. It did get better. It did yeah. go from like 80% in my opinion to 90%, you yeah. know? Um, so, you know, like I, that's like the only thing I have really, you know, yeah. is that I can like, I do feel like I can, Tell God, hey, I I did the best I could. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't try to to, you know, just um, I don't know the non, excuse my language version of this saying. You didn't have acid. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tried not to as much as I could. Yeah. 
Um, so I feel like that's like, you know, one thing as going back to practical stuff, you know, like if you feel like you made something and you did the best you could, yeah, you know, like you, that is still something yeah. like, don't, don't let your just, if you're listening and you're feeling disappointed about something you've done, you know, and you too, yeah. uh, as you're going through this, like, don't let your disappointment and the depression that comes from your disappointment steal the accomplishment that you did. Yeah. Like you still wrote a second book. Yeah. You know, and that's huge. Yeah. You know, and you wrote a book that was three times the size of the other one. You know, you transitioned from the forlorn lover who didn't have a girlfriend mm -hmm. to what are you going to do now that you're married and happy? Yeah. You figured it out. Yeah. You know, you started writing a different style of writing and it still fit and it still is true to your nature and like what you wanted to tell the world. And like that is still a huge accomplishment. In the same way that like us making a feature length documentary after all the crazy ridiculousness that we yeah. had to deal with to get it made, it's still something. Yeah. You know, and it's something that we should never take away. And the fact that even anybody is willing to come watch a documentary. Yeah. A documentary, first of all. Yeah. You know. And a Christian one, then on top of that, probably, you know, it's like is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Um, even if it's not the accomplishment that we wanted. Yeah. We What's some other practical steps? Yeah, I was gonna say we we focus so much on the grand slam that like you know, using baseball terms or yeah. anything like that. The role players, the little things help just as much in the long run, you know. The guy who hits a single you yep. know the the yep. person who who throws it well into the yeah. infield or whatever. Um, yeah, or when you're in the valley, like still making yeah. twenty miles in a day in the valley is exactly. still a success, exactly. even if it feels horrible while you're there. Yeah, I mean the the documentary was probably the hardest thing you and I have ever done. I would say just mentally and physically and every aspect of it. Um, but we still got to affect and help helping hands. You know, the yeah. uh, the organization, the orphanage over there, we got to make videos for them, we got to do ministry of some kind, you know, through this documentary. Um, you got violently sick, you know. <laughs> it's just little things like that. Like, once In again, Africa. when you look back on the journey, when you look at Lord of the Rings, we think of Frodo do we think of the little moment where he was kind of losing his mind and falling apart? No, we think of when he threw the ring. You know, he got he got the ring to Mordor. Like, that was the whole point, is he did his mission. He did his call. And the journey was long and hard, and there was a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> there was, you know, really a lot of downs. Like, after they left Lothlorien <laughs> yeah. uh, or Riverdale, it was all down. Lothlorien was nice for a second, and then it was just more downhill. Yeah. So, we... We just we want we want so badly to do something big and incredible and out of this world and to be yeah. rewarded for it to be seen for it. Yeah. When in reality we have been seen from the very beginning by the only voice that matters, but that voice is often silent to us. Either we don't listen to it or we've grown up and we're become accustomed to it and it just kind of comes second nature it's like the love of your parents right we appreciate the value that our parents give us to us but at the end of the day we take it for granted yeah yeah and so when they call we don't answer their call right or our our spouses like yeah i've been married long enough you know coming on two years not it's very short it's crazy how short that right. is but when you're living every day with someone and you've known yeah. them for five years or whatever Allie 
her advice and her words touched me and it's great but like someone buying 100 books <laughs> is going <laughs> to yeah be more validating to me yeah um even though it shouldn't be the way it, it's, it shouldn't be the way and that's a expectation and that's a thing that i have to work on myself and rearrange and and listen and pour into her you know she left a little note on the back of the mirror the other day just saying like i hope you have a great day and that legitimately like brought me out of my depression it was something small like that it wasn't anything big and i think you're gonna get so many notes now it's <laughs> just everywhere <laughs> but uh it, it really did like i i let her know like how much that affected me yeah. and she's probably listening now and Allie, thank you i love you and um and so it is the peaks and valleys that we almost have to rearrange our thoughts and and the on the trail the virginia blues that's the whole point it's the longest stretch on the trail of in virginia where it just everything looks the same you're walking for 20 miles yeah, it's, it's the, the same valley. The yeah. longest stretch of valley, basically. Exactly. And so once you get past that, they always say, like, you can finish the trail, essentially. Yeah. Um, that's just life. We, yeah. we get into those valleys. We get into this depressive yeah. state of, like, oh, man, no one liked the documentary. Well, there's a million different things we learned from it. There's uh, It's forever on our resume that we yeah. said we've done it. Like, film, as you and I both know, whenever we're talking with DPs or anyone – they're more impressed that we did a documentary than if we did a thousand shorts or, you know, yeah. like documentaries is like the Holy grail within the film community for some reason. Um, well, and I think the nature of what we did filming in 13 States over two months. Right. Exactly. It's know. a huge deal. Like we just shot a documentary about a, you know, local dance club yeah. or something like that. That would, you know, yeah. dance theater or something like that. But, but the, the, the yeah. reality is life is, remarkably unremarkable most of the time yeah and we have to be okay with that and realize that like so our neighbor um back in bloomington he just died and he was a part of the 152nd airborne division essentially band of brothers he did that and you know to us that sounds amazing wow he did all that you know went through all of germany and you know all of europe and you know, essentially, he he paraglided on D-Day in, you know, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. But for the majority of his life after that, I don't know what he did, you know? Yeah, he, <laughs> he was in dude. his hundreds, you know, when he died. Yeah. And so there's going to be moments where it's exciting when you're on the trail and you're doing it, and this is incredible. Um, Mr. Knuckles, I don't think he's had a movie made about him. I don't think he, right. you know, he paraglides, so he wasn't really the Band of Brothers. He wasn't really those guys. And, yeah. You know, uh, yep. D-Day or whatever, uh, Saving Program. But he lived his life. He had children. He was a father, a husband, a grandfather. Yeah. You know, the legacy just happens. Life just happens. Yeah. So we, we all just kind of, do our life hoping that we do the best we can. We're going to have our ups and our downs. And what do we do when we're in our downs? Let's rearrange our expectations. Let's keep walking each and every day. Let's keep, you know, my book is out there. That's the amazing thing is it's done. Yeah, celebrate the accomplishments that you have yeah. done, even if they, even if the accomplishment didn't meet your expectation. Celebrate the accomplishment, period. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we started this whole podcast with an episode talking about just go create stuff. Yeah. Just go make stuff. Um, and so, you know, 
to both of us for the documentary and to you with the book, like we did actually make something yeah. like we stopped talking about something and actually went and did it. Yeah. And when you're like, well, should I almost like the words were already out there? Why even make a book? Maybe you did it for vanity. Maybe you did it to make money. Maybe you did it for God's glory. Maybe you did it for all three. Yeah. That's probably partly yeah, it. Absolutely. Uh, but you know what you also did though, is you did it because you had a desire to create something and to put something else out there. Yeah. It already existed in the online version. Now it exists in like a print paper version, yeah. you know? And I think, I think that's a huge accomplishment too. It's like, you know, this is the, this is the like dark side of the moon to the, just go and create stuff. Yeah. Is that like a lot of times then when you just go and create stuff, you're not, it's kind of Russian roulette on the kind of success you're going to get out of it. Yeah. You know, we ran into this with our YouTube channel too, where like the videos that we really cared about and really put a lot of effort <laughs> into and we thought were really funny, nobody liked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then the ones that we just sort of um, were like, oh, this could be a funny idea. And we just go out and did it. Those would be the ones that would get 20,000, 40,000, yeah. you know, 750,000 views yeah. on it, you know? Um, and And I think that's like, it really is like the dark side of the moon part of creating is that like you just you really have no idea what's going to work and what's not um and and there's obviously things you can do to try to increase your odds yeah you know like hollywood studios have been doing for you know decades but even they don't know you know i bet they didn't think that dark phoenix was going to be a huge you know bombshell Huge bombshell, yeah. I mean, I think they didn't knew it was going to be Avengers. But I don't think they thought it was going to be just a complete flop. Yeah, I mean, Disney came out saying that they didn't think it would yeah. be that big. Yeah, yeah, Bob Iger, the head of the <laughs> most powerful, like it like has like 40% of the box office yeah. like receipts of the last year. And it's like, if you think anybody would know what movie's going to be successful, it would be that guy. Yeah. And he was like, I had no idea. Yeah. I really thought this was going to work <laughs> better than it did, at least, you know? So... Yeah. You know, I feel like, I feel like, all, although when this kind of stuff happens, it's so easy and it's so so easy to live on the dark side of it. And I don't like what we were talking about earlier too. I think one practical step is like go ahead and mourn yeah. the loss. Yeah. If this happens to you, um, whether it's in your career or something that you made, you know, like mourn the fact that things didn't work the way you wanted to. Don't, you know, that's one thing that we like constantly want to cheer people up immediately and just yeah. tell them like people want to tell you lies about something to make you feel better about it. Yeah. A little white lies, you know, like, oh, well, I bet book sales will eventually catch back up to your other book. They probably won't. No. You know, oh, well, you know, this or that, or, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's it's just because of this with the documentary. That, and it's like, no, it's not. You know, like it, like there are, there's um, hard facts yeah. that you cannot deny about something once you put it out there. Yeah. And those hard facts are the hard facts. So mourn them if those hard facts are, huge bummers to you yeah but eventually though once you've given it some time and mourned it w sooner than you probably think you should move back over to the light side of the moon and uh, celebrate the accomplishment celebrate the fact that you did actually make something and you put it out there celebrate the one person who watched it or the 30 people who bought it or the you know the 10 auditions that you did get yeah callbacks on even if you didn't land the role or Whatever, you know, the one the one kid who thinks your music is awesome and wants to be a musician because of the music you play. Yeah. You know, like whatever that little whatever little thing that you do get out of it, like don't don't 
discredit that success because it's not the success you were wanting. And I know that's super hard for me personally because I like look to the future so much on what I, what I feel like, oh man, this is going to get me this next thing. And so, and I think it's something we've talked about before too on the podcast. Like for me, it's, it's not just that I'm losing what I was hoping for out of the project. I'm also losing what I was hoping to get next because of this project. You know, and to all of a sudden realize, like, oh, that means that I'm not going to get a call from National Geographic to go make their documentary, or I'm not going to yeah. go ahead and I'm not I'm not going to now just be able to immediately get investors for my next movie because of how successful Running at Full Speed was. If anything, it's going to be even harder. Yeah. Because the movie I made lost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So, I think. I think that's definitely, you know, like, even though that's the case, like, try to still not steal from, like, the success success that it is. Like, you're saying, like, what did I learn? Yeah, okay, but this is now going to make it easier for me to make my next movie, like, physically go out and shoot it and make it. Or, you know, I learned how hard it was, so that way I'm more prepared and ready. Or, you know, I've gone through the editing process. I now know how, I know storytelling way better now than I did before. You know, it's like all these good things that come from it almost like a pros and cons list. Don't don't forget about all the pros. Yeah. Once you've decided to mourn the cons, like make sure you like live and walk away from the experience remembering the pros and I think that's a big one too. Yeah. Yeah, I uh It's it's one to think about for sure. I think um yeah, expectations and just realizing that we will forever have an archive of an experience in that documentary like that's a wonderful thing we can use from now go back and relive it and see it and as horrible as it was like the more you you know kind of step away from it and the more love you can have for something that took a lot of work and was unrewarding in a lot of ways but um doesn't change the fact that it is ours i think that's one thing that we can always say with the things that we do it's it's yours, and I'll forever have a book. Yep. I can now say I have published two books. Yep. Like, that's a great feeling. That's wonderful. There's people who have written for years and years and years and never done anything with it. Yeah, or people who talk about writing a book and never yeah. do. And, I mean, I've I've sold 30 copies. Like, that's great. That's a wonderful thing. Like. And you still, I mean, and you are making some money. Yeah. Not as much as you wanted, but you're at least making some. Right. And... If it's a slow drip over time, that's fine. You yeah. Know? And uh, so, yeah, it is out of my control. There is a wonderful realization. We imprison ourselves with our own expectations when in reality we should just be free to know that we have the opportunity to create. That's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I think there's another like practical step of this we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we started recording was just the fact that like, and you were kind of talking about at the very beginning, and then we kind of moved on to to more just your personal experience with the book right now. But um, like, is, there's also just the inevitable nature of life that it really is peaks and valleys, which yeah. is why I always think about it um, from the documentary. Um, it's just like when Drew says that, I'm like, oh, it's so true. Like the the trail really was so representative of our yeah. our life, our walk in life, and uh, our journey from birth to death. And it really is just like you can't get away from peaks and valleys. Like yeah. there's 
all of us, doesn't matter if you're a filmmaker or a creative type person or you're a banker or a whatever, you know, like insurance, it doesn't matter, you school teacher, you're, there's going to be peaks and valleys with your life, with your marriage, with your kids, with your parents, with your friends. You know, there's just going to be times where things just are rough and hard and then there's going to be times where things are good. Yeah. And it's just like the natural flow of life. And and so I think that's another part that, you know, like if if you're in a peak or if you're in a valley, just remember that like the other one is coming next, Yeah. you know, yeah. or eventually they're going to swap. Yeah. You know, if things are going really good for you, enjoy it now, you know, put the money away, <laughs> you know, build up your storehouses for when is, there's a drought, you know, uh, you know, take time to enjoy you know, uh, you know, if your marriage is good, make sure you're going on some vacations and getting away with your spouse and That's enjoying the, the sunsets yeah. together, you yeah. know, because then when you're fighting each other and you're wanting to get a divorce, but you're not obviously going to, but you, you're like, God, it'd be so much easier if we just got divorced. Like those sunsets are what's going to make it, you yeah. know, and those good moments is what's going to remind you like why you're together and why yeah. you want to be. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, like it's easy and, and you know, marriages and some of these other things are like hard things to walk away yeah. from. So you, so we don't, uh, but something is something more easier to walk away from or something that's always hard to go to, to begin with like our creative pursuits, you know, like you will write another book that will sell 400 copies in a 24 hours. Yeah. As long as you keep writing more books, right? but you won't if you stop writing after yeah. your second book, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, yeah, is this a Valley type experience with this book? Yeah. It is. And anybody who tells you it isn't is lying to your face yeah. to try and make you feel good. Liars. <laughs> and they're just trying to cheer you up. They're trying, but they're, uh, they have the best intentions, but they're really not doing it. Like, um, But does that mean that you won't ever have another experience like your first book? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, like you can definitely have that same experience again. Um, you know, and it's the same with, with our careers, you know, like at Brand Red, we've had plenty of times where we had a lot of work coming in and the kind of work that we really enjoy doing. And we've had moments where it's like really slow and with the work that we are getting, we're just having to, we're not as excited about it as some of the other stuff. And, you know, but we have to do it because we need the money yeah. and then we need the work. So, you know, it's, and I see that with everybody. You know, I see that with my friends that are, you know, in insurance or in government jobs or finance, you know, where it's like, they just got a raise, they got promotion, things are good, you know, and then they're stuck in this or they get a new boss all of a sudden and the new boss is horrible. And yeah, doesn't and it's changing everything and it's just making their life miserable and it's kind of a valley for a year or so and then yeah. then they switch to a different department and everything's better and you know and it's so i feel like that's something to always keep in mind and like you're saying we forget when we're on the peaks that that's how life works and we just assume that it's always going to be good yeah and we forget when we're in the valleys that's always going to be bad yeah almost that like why why like i was saying earlier and you were agreeing with me on how you're feeling with the book but you know it's like you go to that film festival and five people show up and two or three of them leave yeah you know it's like i'm a horrible filmmaker nobody ever wants to watch my films why am i ever doing this i should have never done this i'm too late i'm too old now to do anything different you know it's just like all of a sudden you just assume yeah. that life is always going to be this bad yeah you know and then like it's never ever going to get better and that's the farthest thing from the truth on the flip side when things are really good it's just as big of a mistake to think it's always going to be this great. Yeah. People love me. They're always going to love me. Anything I do is going to be amazing. Yeah. People are going to buy it 400 copies every time. 
like both of those are like huge mistakes to yeah. make. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's absolutely true. Everyone's journey, for some reason, we think we have to be Mozart where we are just like successful at 13. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and now, especially more than ever with like YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff, um, saw a statistic where it was like uh, one in four think that they're going to be successful by age of like 15. Wow. And, there's a lot of kids that, yeah. I was they, hoping just to get a girl to say she likes me out exactly, loud. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, we're in our 30s. Yeah. It's not that old. There's well, people I'm, I'm in their 50s. I'm technically 67. So... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're near Katahdin, man. We're, we're northbound this way. Um, now, I, I, we are, yeah, success comes ebbs and flows, and it's different for everyone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, our journey is just be consistent. Just keep going yeah. out there. Yeah. Keep doing those things. Yeah. You're going to do it. So. Yeah, and you look at you know somebody like Spielberg or or some of these different directors that we love or even authors that we love. You know, I mean, um, you know, even somebody like um, uh, man, I just blanked on her name, the, the writer of Harry Potter. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling's. Not many people really liked her newest book. <laughs> the one that she did under like a secret pen name. Not a lot of people like her movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the new Harry. Potter. Yeah, and the newer Harry Potter movies. You yeah. know, or you look at somebody like George Lucas, who, yeah. you know, had Star Wars, and then everybody has poo pooed on him ever since. You know, or or Spielberg, who's had like huge hits, but then he's also had pretty big flops. Yeah, you know, um, all of them like have had something where like Christopher Nolan, like you know, like people will love certain stuff and then hate other ones. You know, so I think. Even those guys that we celebrate, we just only remember their peaks. Yeah, we don't ever think about their valleys. Yeah, uh, and it's like if you well, if you remember their valleys too, then it's like it's okay when these things happen. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is like just to to realize that like when these moments come, they're normal. Yeah, they're expected. Yeah, they're part of the human experience. They're part of the journey. They're part of doing what you. They're part of life. It's un, they're unavoidable. You have to go through them. So don't feel like anything's wrong with you when you experience them. Yeah. Um, and then I think um, I think once you go through all that process, and, and I'm kind of on the uh, – this is probably where I am in with the documentary at this point because it's been about six months since the last time we showed it. I mean, like, we showed it here in Rome uh, at the film festival, and, like, like 40, 50 people came out yeah. for it, you know? And it was like, yeah. this is our hometown. Yeah. And they put us in like the big theater at like the prime time of the day. And like, I could barely get anybody to show up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that was embarrassing Yeah, in my hometown. Couldn't even get people to come to the movie. Um, so it's been, it's been though about six months from then. And, you know, and one thing that I've been thinking about a lot here more recently is like, as much as I do believe I gave it everything I got, I had to give. Um, I also can clearly see things that I did wrong. Yep. That I should have done better. And so sometimes I think we also want to attribute the failure to like our core qualities as a human being. Yeah. Versus our actual skills that we are developable. Yeah. You know, and so it's like I did not do a good job um marketing 
the release of the movie. Right. I did not do a good job communicating with the initial fans of the movie. Yeah. I did not do a good job building like a rollout plan and like letting people know that it was happening. Like I did not do a very good job with promoting promoting mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. So then kind of makes sense that a lot of people didn't go see it when you think about how much movies from Hollywood are promoted to us and I still don't go see them. So how much harder am I going to have to work for people who don't even know who I am exactly. on some random movie they've never heard of about a guy they've never heard of. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, you know, and then like, well, it bums me out that people aren't out there watching it right now. Well, they don't have any way to watch it. Yeah. I haven't finished the Blu-rays. Yeah. I haven't put it up on Amazon. Yeah. I haven't put it on any iTunes. I haven't put it on anything for yeah. people to watch it. So yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, nobody's watching our movie. Well, nobody can watch our movie. Yeah. So whose fault is that? You know, so there's things that I've also realized, you know, um, that it's like, well, kind of once again going to the expectations thing, it's like some of it is like we expect things to magically work out without the without doing the things that are sometimes necessary to make things successful. Yeah. You know, I mean, so for you, you went from a following of 20,000 something people to yeah. now 3,000 people. Yeah. Selling 30 books off of 3,000 people is probably pretty good. Yeah. It's just not the 20 that you used to have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, well, and we can make something. Like, my next book will be better than one that came out. Yeah. You know, we are always growing and getting better. And Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, it's, it's the realization of. Yeah, the documentary might actually be kind of boring. Who yeah. knows? You yeah. know? Um, I mean, the it, next thing we make could definitely be better. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the whole point. Yeah. And so, you know, there is an element yeah. To where that's also where people try to cheer us up and say, oh, no, no, you are a great filmmaker. You are a great writer. It's a great book. It's a great story. It's a great movie. It's, you know, and, and it's like sometimes like part of putting stuff out there is you do get a gut check on where you're at. Yeah. And that also doesn't mean that you stop. Yeah. But it's a good reminder of like, okay, well, what do you need to do better the next time to get better results? Like the, if a result yeah. really mattered to me, if I really want people to come out and see what I watch as opposed to just making it for the sake of making it, well, then I need to make sure I do a really good job and develop my skills of making stuff that people want to watch. Yeah. You know? Think about this. The documentary, our YouTube videos were better than what you made in college, what we made when we were younger. Uh we completed running at full speed where Project HTO. Yep, didn't get done. Didn't get done and wasn't filmed as well. You know. Yeah. So it's we we are better, and so it's up to us now to say, all right, are we going to let more time? Because I I let five years in between two books. Yeah. So of course I'm going right. to lose followers. You know, people yeah. physically have died or not interested or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, they moved on. Exactly. Um. So now that's going to give me incentive to maybe start working on my second book, which I have. And get out there maybe Sooner. in two years, you know, instead yeah. of five years. So, um, with the documentary, how many years has it been? Like well, six since we filmed it. So we filmed it in 2014, so five so, years. Five years. So, I mean, it's, it's time to get going yeah. on cracking on another one. So, yeah. and it's hard because maybe not financially there, but we have the equipment, we have the yeah. manpower, we have the time. <laughs> we right. could actually start doing it. So, it's, whether or not we are willing to, like, working out, you know, yeah. you have to be consistent and go out yeah. there. It's hard. Yeah. You know how hard it is, especially yeah. being well, beat and, up. And I think working out is a good example. I, I recently went and 
and worked out for the first time in a really, really long Good time. Good on you. Yes, thanks. With our friend Mark Hanna. Thank you, Mark. And um, one of the things he was doing was he's like, he's like trying to help me find like my, my baseline. Yeah. You know, like where you're, where you're starting out at. And two pounds. One, yeah, <laughs> the one thing about not working out is you have no idea how strong or how weak you actually are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as soon as you start picking up weights, you're going to know. Yeah. And, um, and some of those things can be like, oh, wow, that's all I can lift. Yeah. And then other areas are like, oh, I can actually lift more than I thought. You yeah. Know? And I think to a certain degree, like, that's what happens when you make stuff and you put it out there. Yeah. And as long as you're not making it, you never have to find out if nobody wants to read your stuff. Yeah. Or if nobody wants to watch your movie. But the moment you put it out there, then all of a sudden you realize that even your best friends don't want to watch your movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? So then it's like, oh. But the whole point of that baseline is, like, so now you know where you're going to progress and move up from yeah all right you can only do 35 pounds here well next time you're gonna uh, we're gonna work until 35 is easy and then you're gonna do 45 and then whatever you know yeah. and you're gonna work your way up so i think as hard as it is sometimes it's like we take our losses our valleys so personal yeah. and allow it to affect us so severely and i'm not saying that we shouldn't like i said sit in the dark side of that and the emotions of that but once you come out of that then it's like don't just like walk away from that experience not learning something from it you know walk away from it and say look back at it and say okay what what did i do wrong that next time i can do right to yeah. get the results that i want yeah you know i do want to sell I, I do want to make movies that hundreds of thousands of people want to come see yeah because i want to tell stories that move and compel thousands of people that's yeah. what i want to do i don't want to make movies for 10 people i want to make movies for millions of people yeah all right well then i have to make and learn how to make movies that millions of people like. Yeah. And, you know, to if I walked away from the documentary feeling like I still knew how to do that, mm -hmm. when clearly the documentary shows me I don't, yeah. then I have missed out on the huge lesson that the documentary can teach me, yeah. you know? Well, and now, for me personally, I also am at a point where I want to make something that I would want to read. You know, that's the whole point is... We watch things, but we want to watch. Yeah. That's just plain simple. We're in that yeah. day and age. So why w should we not make something that we want to watch? Yeah. Or read? You know, that's why my next book's a novel. I would never want to read, you know. <laughs> yeah. Purposely read a, a poetry book. Like, yeah. that's just not how I am. Yeah. I want to read novels. So I'm going to write novels. Yeah. It can be hard, but I'm going to do it. I feel like I have gain the skill to do that yeah um you know the christmas movie i want to watch that yeah or uh sleeper i want to watch that yeah running at full speed or documentary yeah maybe not necessarily yeah. will watch yeah so. i don't know if i'd watch it to be honest yeah. just because i'm like i'm not really into hiking I'm not, not into really hiking. into trail running i mean and you know i think if i watched it all the way through i'd be like oh it was good yeah but i don't like to get me to actually watch it would be really hard yeah so, so and, and I think that's a great lesson that like we're both learning, like where you're saying, man, that book wasn't as successful as I wanted to be. Why not? Well, would I read it? Yeah, exactly. Would I buy it? Exactly. Would I buy this yeah. twenty-five dollar book if I'm not really that into reading stuff like that? I don't know if I would. Yeah. I should write something next time that I like. Yeah. You know, and that's like a huge lesson. Yeah. You know, and and, and to like not, and that's good that like you're saying that. You know, it's definitely something that I've said as well about movies. Um, it's like if, if we didn't learn that lesson though, after all the hard work we put into something that didn't, that to us was somewhat of a failure. Yeah. 
then it was like, well, then we missed the whole point of yeah. falling down and learning to pick ourselves back up. The <laughs> picking yourself back up part is learning from your mistake yeah. so you cannot do it again the next time. Yeah. You know, and so for the next time I was like, oh, well, that documentary didn't work. I need to do another documentary yeah. about another guy who's running, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this time he's going to win the race yeah. and that'll make it better, yeah. you know. And it's like, well, maybe not if people aren't really into running documentaries, right. you know, or if I'm not really into running document, you know. So yeah. totally agree with you on that. And I so and maybe I, you step away from Africa. You've been yeah, really obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I keep getting sick every time I go. Um so practical stuff. <laughs> if it happens, a remember it's a part of life. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. They're part of life. You can't get away from them. And sometimes they're because of something you lacked skills wise that caused it. Sometimes you made a bad decision, a bad move, whatever. You know, like if you if you caused if you you know cursed out your boss. Yeah. And now you lost your job. That was on you. You know. Okay, we don't need to let everyone know what happened to me with you. <laughs> it's awkward that we still have to have these podcasts after that. We're actually in two separate places. I'm in Illinois. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've written out this entire script, and then Evan edits it together because I can't even handle hearing your voice. Uh, <laughs> wow, we're really good at the back of the voice. But it's a part of life. Sometimes because of you. Sometimes because it's just the way life yeah. goes. People get cancer. People get you know cars break on the yeah. trail you know like you think that an idea is really good and then you find out that it's not i mean it just happens right yeah. stuff happens yeah uh two when it does happen don't immediately try to pick yourself up and be cheery like <laughs> right. like live in the depression yeah live in the disappointments like soak it up you know like like Learn mourn mourn yeah. your loss yeah you know there's no point in trying to say everything's fine and dandy when it's not yeah. You are bummed about this. Let yourself be bummed. Let other people know that you're bummed and let them know, hey, I'll be, I'll stop being bummed eventually. But for now, I want to mourn the fact that this thing that I thought was going to be a certain way, my expectation, my dream, my hope has died. Yeah. And now I, I'm left with you, this reality. I think you have a greater appreciation for it too. Once yeah. you have mourned and buried yeah, that expectation around that project – it becomes this novel. You become free of it. Yeah. Well, I know? think I think mourning allows you the ability to sort of shed light yep. on all the feelings that you didn't even realize you had yeah. related to something. Yeah. You know, um, just in the same. I mean, in a much lesser way, but in a or in a much bigger way. Like when somebody dies. Yeah. You know, you realize how much you cared about that person, how much you appreciate your conversations with them, all this stuff that you took for granted or you didn't really think about, but subconsciously all of a sudden becomes conscious. Yeah. So don't cheat yourself the opportunity to like fully think about your feelings and how you were, what your hopes were about this and how many random little lies you said to yourself like, yeah. oh, I don't really care how many people see it. I just want people to get impacted. And it's like, no, actually, I did care. Yeah. I really cared. Yeah. I wanted a lot of people to see it. Yeah. You know, and next time, then maybe you won't lie to yourself about that. And you'll be honest. Yeah, I want to make something everybody wants to see. Oh, well, then that means I need to make these kind of things versus these kind of things if that's something that's really important to me so mourn it then uh last third thing don't mourn it so much that you then don't ever move back to the light side yeah like go out and make more stuff and remember that once again there's peaks and valleys and the next one might be another valley or the next one might be another peak but like go back to the other side 
and be positive again. Look at those pros. Look at what you learned. Look at what you got out of it. Look at the fact that you still made a huge accomplishment. You did something. And then lastly, once you've done all that and you're feeling a little bit better about the project, then look back on it and say, what did I do wrong that I can do better next time? Yeah. Um, you know, and once again, none of it is stuff that goes to the core of who you are as a person. Uh, no book or movie or life or job is ever is uh, you're never in a valley because you're a bad human being yeah, or that you're not good enough or that you're broken or that you, that you don't have, you know, any, um, any value to the world. Like none of this is speaking to your value. Your value is based on God. Yeah. Your value is something way more bigger and way more important than anything that a book or a movie or a song or a job or anything, a marriage could ever say about you as a person. Um, but some of that stuff though, can be speci- specifically talking to your skills, Yeah, your skills as a director, your skills as a, as a writer, your skills as a promoter, your skills as a, uh, you know, whatever, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was our filmmaking skills that made it to where the movie wasn't more successful. It was our promotion, marketing, distribution skills. Well, I don't, that's the first movie I've ever tried to do yeah. that. So of course I suck at it, Yeah, you know, um, you know, like is your writing bad? No, people love your writing is your ability to promote and, and, you know, line up a book release bad. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. If yeah. you only had 30 people buy it, probably. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but that doesn't mean then that like you shouldn't feel good about yourself as a writer. It just means that like, Oh, between now and the next book, I need to learn how to release a book. Yeah. You know? And how to promote it and how to, you know, and it's like, and obviously you guys did a lot more on this one than you did last time, but you know, in six months, a year from now, you will be able to hopefully look back and see like what stuff really worked and what stuff didn't. So we can stop wasting our time on the stuff that didn't work and do more of the stuff that did work. Obviously being on the podcast QT with RT to promote (laughs) the release of your book was a huge win. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely do that again. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like those are some concrete steps. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. It's, it's a very freeing thought of, I I like the, the concept of like, when you have relayed something, you, you really do need to like mourn it and like, kind of like be like, oh, that, that stage of life is done. Yeah. And, and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there's, um, I don't know if this is the case everywhere, but I feel like it is. I think it's somewhat like a pride. You don't want to look like the person who was defeated or who failed. And you also like, you always want to look like the success story. Right. And then I think also then in like the Christian community, so like in just the normal creative community across the board, uh, I think it's like, you know, you want to be the successful person who has the successful movie and then the successful movie and the successful one after the other, you know, back to back hits, yeah. you know, even if they really aren't back to back hits, you want to somehow like make it look like they are. And then I think then on the Christian side, it's like people don't want to come across looking like they're bummed yep. about something as a release, especially if it has a Christian um, aspect to it. Almost like, oh, you're kind of spitting in the face of God that like ones if that's what he wanted for the book and this and that, you know, and it's like, yeah, all that might be true, but I'm still bummed about, yeah. you know, the results. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like if we do that though, then it's like we, there, there really is a tendency for us to just always put a smile 
and like put lipstick on a pig and say everything's fine and dandy. Yeah. When it's really not. Not. And um, I know I did that with the documentary where I would just try. And I think especially like with the film, it's like I was the director. So it's like I knew if I got depressed about it, Jeff would get depressed about it. Yeah. Helen would get depressed about it. You would even get depressed about it a little bit. Ross would get depressed about it. You know what I'm like? So it's like I got to be positive so yeah. that way everybody else is positive. Even though this this didn't really work out the way we wanted it to, I got to somehow spin it. And it's like we're not really doing anybody favors. Yeah. Even the crew, even the group, you know, if it's a team sport kind of thing, like a film, or, or even if it's just you and Allie with the film or the book, you know, it's like she worked on that a lot with you too. I, you guys aren't doing each other any – um, you're not helping each other out any by yeah. not being able to talk openly about the fact that things didn't work out the way yeah. you wanted them to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's a good example. It's hard when your name is on the project. You're kind of the big thing is you're not really allowed to like be weak. Yeah. Allowed to like mourn. And, yeah. And be bummed. Yeah. Cause we, we do want to just like lift each other up. It is a bummer to be around someone who's bummed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. just the reality of it. Yeah. Allie likes me much more when I am yeah. making her laugh and yeah. And being... well, I mean, doesn't everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody likes a downer. Exactly. Nobody likes a Debbie downer. Poor Debbie, whoever she is. Nobody likes her. But there is a certain like mental health that we need to like have room to just lay on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's like if somebody is sick, yeah. nobody likes being around a sick person, but we also then don't tell them, stop being sick. Yeah. Like, they're like, hey, you're sick. Yeah, you need to rest. You need to bed. rest. Yeah. I know you, like, the only way you're going to not be sick is by me allowing you to fully be sick, yeah. lay in bed all day, eat chicken noodle soup. Please stay away from me so yeah. you don't give me your germs yeah. because I don't want to be sick. Yeah. I still don't want to be around Debbie Downer but I understand that Debbie Downer needs to be Debbie Downer for the next two weeks. Yep. So that way they can be better and move on. Yeah. And it's like we don't ever we don't give ourselves that freedom and the people around us don't give the other that person that freedom. And so then it's like instead of just two weeks, it strings out over two years. Yeah. You know? And well, it's that's a good example. Because yeah. it's like it's always like underneath the surface. Yeah. This level of depression, this level of disappointment. And then that that then can turn into bitter bitterness. Mm-hmm. It can turn into pessimism, pessimism, uh, pessimistic, yeah, pessimism. Yeah, it can. It can turn into this like very jaded nature yeah. towards things because it was never dealt with when the time came. Yeah. Um, it becomes infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and it becomes a much bigger deal than what it initially needed to be. And so, I do think there's healthy ways to deal with it and unhealthy ways to yeah. deal with it. And I'd say 99.99% of the time, we deal with it in an unhealthy way. Yeah. And if we want to just go for failures and stuff like that, I think it's good to look at every person who has succeeded, quote unquote, in life comes with the history of failure. Yeah. Of, of valleys. If, of valleys, yeah. yeah I peaks mean, and valleys. Edison, he figured out a hundred ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. Um, he's a horrible human being, but we won't talk about that. Um, Steve Jobs, you know, oh, he had yeah. the company, then he got fired, and, you know, yeah. it, it was just all over. Oh, and then yeah. ultimately he died of cancer. Didn't even see his, yeah. you know, his He didn't vision. see Apple become the, the, the biggest most company, profitable exactly. company, or the most um, valued company in the world. Yeah, on the planet. So, yeah. Um, we, yeah, when he bought it, came back. I mean, it was selling for three dollars a share, you know. And then eventually, it isn't anymore. But at one point, for a few months, yeah. it was more. It was had more value 
than the oil companies. Yeah, that's insane. You know, and so it's like, and he did that. Yeah. But you're right. He didn't even get to live to see it. And yeah. like we were talking about some of the artists and painters, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them aren't, um, or authors, a lot of them aren't renowned until mm-hmm. after they die. Tolkien died thinking he was a failure. Like yeah. he had Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit out. Yeah. Like two of the biggest fantasy books of all time. Yeah. And he was like, it's a failure because I didn't yeah. get similarly. Well, and you now look- they're making the Amazon series about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you look at something like even um, C.S. Lewis, it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, he had Narnia and certain books that were hugely popular. Mm-hmm. But then there's other books that I remember seeing at Summit that I was like, I had no idea C.S. Yeah. Lewis wrote this. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure when that book came out, nobody really cared. Till they have faces and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, probably feeling pretty bummed about it, you know. So it's like even if C.S. Lewis of all people can have a book flop, then Todd Labarge definitely can. Yeah, you know. If I, I thank you for comparing me to C.S. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and um, yeah, it's just hard because we look, we do our heroes often are the ones like Spielberg who their first major film at 20 or whatever it's jaws you know and it's like oh we're looking at our lives and time is ticking but there's so many other directors out there that we like yeah well yeah and and even him like he did make other stuff before jaws it's just that jaws was his first hit right and so that's what everybody remembers Mm -hmm. when in reality there was other stuff that he did that nobody knows about yeah because nobody cares about him yeah you know, so it's almost like if your third book became a New York Times bestseller, it would be like, wow, this is amazing, yeah. Todd's first book. And that's what everybody would remember that. Nobody would ever remember Go Now. Yeah. Even though it was like, actually, that's a book that you also wrote yeah. before that other one that was a hit. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Walt Disney. Walt Disney went bankrupt three times before he started. <laughs> yeah. um, he had huge hits, like Peaks. And then, like, he had one where he had this, um, he created this character... What was it? I'm trying to remember what it was. He had this character at one point with this, like, it was like this animated with like live action stuff. Was he it, a mouse with no, gloves? No. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was some other kind of animal. I can't remember what it was, but it, it interacted with this little girl, but somebody else owned the rights to it. Oh. He was like making it, like, he got into this like contract with this other guy who was distributing it. And so then when he's, that guy basically started. Like, it started becoming a hit, but that guy was taking all the money. Mm. And so, like, Walt Disney was, like, having stuff where it was, like, his shorts were playing in front of, before other movies would screen, they would show shorts. That was kind of a thing that they would do. And his movies were, his shorts were playing, like, all over the place. All the time. Yeah. Hugely popular. But he wasn't making any money. And so, he was, like, about ready to go bankrupt because he had signed, like, a really bad contract with this guy. So, it was, like... That is like where it's like if he wanted to be depressed about it and somebody was like, Walt, it's not your fault. No, Walt, it is your fault. Yeah. You signed a bad contract. Yeah. But you didn't know anything about contracts when you signed it because you're not like a lawyer <laughs> yeah. and you're not trained in contracts. Yeah. You're trained in animation and storytelling. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay that, I mean, it sucks that yeah. you, but it's okay that you don't know how to do this because you don't know how to do it. Yeah. Just in the same way, I don't know how to distribute a documentary because I've never distributed a documentary yeah. before. Yeah. And so he ended up then, um, Basically, like breaking the contract with the guy. Guy was super upset. He was like, everybody was mad. It was horrible. Like, it was just like a, it was a disaster. Yeah. But then, uh, he then basically left. And because he had had that contract with the guy, that guy had the rights Mm. to his characters. So he couldn't go out and make any of them anymore. So it's like he was only known for those people, that character. And then he didn't have his characters anymore. And so he's like, what am I going to do? And so then he ended up 
basically going bankrupt. He had to fire all of his employees, get rid of his office. He had nothing. He ended up then, he was like living somewhere in the Midwest. So then he ended up just like moving out to LA. Was it Kansas City? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, and ended up just selling everything, moving out to LA. Was trying to come up with some kind of idea so he could do something similar. And that's when then eventually he came up with Mickey Mouse. Wow. Um, And then because of that, then he and Roy made sure that they never gave away the rights to Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, and did everything in their power to like make sure that like nobody but Walt Disney owned Mickey Mouse to the point that actually Walt Disney, the Walt Disney like company, paid Walt Disney every year for the rights of his name. Jeez. So it's like he learned his lesson. Yeah. Of like I'm never gonna allow somebody to have the rights to my yeah. intellectual property, yeah. even my own persona. Yeah. Yeah. You know that like if I'm if I'm gonna represent this company, then the company is going to pay me to be the face of the company yeah, beyond smart. like what I actually get paid yeah. to run the company. Well, if we found out that like Disney was like, or Mickey was like his like inner demon that wanted him to kill people. <laughs> oh, kill him. <laughs> kill him all, Walt. And he's like, no, I'm going to make you into a cartoon. You're going to be popular. <laughs> this is why I have the gloves now. <laughs> Do it. That's right, the white gloves. <laughs> I have the gloves. <laughs> no one can trace us. <laughs> Do so, it, Disney. And then, and then yep. like with all this stuff, it was like that. Even after he... Even with Walt Disney and like his different movies, like, um, like a uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs yeah. was like a huge critical hit and smash, and then like his next movie, people loved it, but then his third movie, people hated it, yeah, and the fourth movie, people hated it, and the fifth movie, people hated it, and he was almost gonna go bankrupt it's again. Like Damien Chazelle, and then World, <laughs> yeah, poor guy, and then World War Two came, and so then they started making these animated, patriotic like training and like propaganda films for the for <laughs> the Mickey army. Mickey always won. <laughs> yeah. But they're actually like I don't know if you ever watched any of those cartoons. Yeah, no, as they're kid, in, yeah. Where it's like all of a sudden like Daffy Duck is like marching <laughs> in the army. Well, that's why because it was like it was propaganda stuff yeah. that the military was making about like rationing mm-hmm. rubber and this or that, and they were using you know because Disney and Mickey Mouse was super popular. Yeah. But they had barely any money in the budget, so he went from making movies with like five million dollars to like making stuff for like a hundred grand, and then they had to make like ten of them. Instead of one of them. What if they had like SpongeBob propagandizing like <laughs> torturing ISIS like that the nine eleven? Like we got a bomb, <laughs> we gotta invade Iraq. <laughs> Come think, on, Patrick, let's go. <laughs> I don't think it would work as well. The Powder Puff Girls, maybe. But yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, there could yeah, be a Powder Puff ripping heads off. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, anyways, it's just fascinating yeah. though, like. We look at Walt Disney and the Walt Disney world, you know, and everything, just the behemoth that is Walt Disney. Yeah. And you read, and I'm reading his book. It was like, no joke, huge failure where he like literally moved out of town because he yeah. failed so bad. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. And then eventually did Mickey Mouse as like, a, I don't have anything left. This yeah. is all I got. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And then it became a hit. And then even after that, it still was. Peaks and valleys, peaks yeah. and valleys. Some yeah. movies were huge, some movies weren't. You know, his animated movies during all the live action stuff, like Mary Poppins and all that, huge failures. Yeah, nobody was going and seeing them anymore. Yeah. Nobody wanted them. Yeah, I think it's important to say all this is don't assume the ending to your story just because you're in the second chapter or the yeah. third chapter. You yeah, know? and you exactly. may feel like you're in towards the end of your chapter, but reality is, you no one yeah. knows the end. Yeah, yeah. and and. Yeah. For us, obviously, like we were saying earlier, you're still going to heaven. Yeah, and you have inf- an, an, inf- you're gonna be in 
Eternity. Eternity. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to say infinity, but for some reason. To infinity. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. We got to pay Disney. <laughs> but, uh. Bakes up in the door. Hey, <laughs> Ryan, it's awesome. <laughs> I found you, sir. <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah. So, I think, I think it's, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't think that, like, where you're currently at is the end of the road. Right. So, for you, I guess, Todd. Yeah. I remind you that. That you know, as despite the fact that the book wasn't as success as you want it to be, this is not the end. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I, but if you're a little bummed around the office for the next few days, that's fine. I won't cheer you up. I this this is I'll just a come lot. in. I'll just come in and tell you <laughs> everything you're thinking right now. It's right. It's real. You should be depressed. I'm glad 2K demo stopped working for you. <laughs> if you're like, I'm like, how you doing? You're like, I'm doing pretty good. Just slap you across the face. No, you're not. No, you're not. Tell me your real feelings. You suck. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, it's it's good. It's good. It's definitely it's crazy. Life is. You never know. You never know where life is going. You never do. Was was that line? Life comes at you pretty fast. You never know. Where, isn't that Ferris Bueller or something? Oh, uh, well, probably. Yeah. Ah, that movie's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so to bring an upswing, because it is kind of a nihilistic view, but it's true. It's life's hard. It's not nihilistic. Nihilistic would say none of it's meaningless because it's not. There yeah. is meaning in everything we do. Yeah. Um, but just know that, like, your your failures do not dictate the end goal. Yeah. They simply are speed bumps or just – Yep. Learning sessions along the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. It's either a speed bump or a ramp. Yeah, and sometimes they're uh, sometimes they're speed bumps and sometimes they're ramps that you get to jump off to the yeah. next spot. Um, yeah, and I would I would reiterate just the fact too that like your value and what you can contribute to the world or why you matter to the world is not tied to those speed bumps yeah. or those ramps. You are not more significant or more valued or more important because you are currently on a peak yeah. and everything's going your way. You're still the same person actually you were before all that happened. Yeah. Nor are you any worse or any less of a person because you're currently in a valley. Yeah. You're still the same person you were before the failure. So I would say that too that, you know, and what as and whatever field you're in, whether you're like I said, a teacher or finance or insurance or or pastor or farmer maybe maybe a farmer i don't know uh filmmakers artists i also think like what you're contributing to your craft yeah like is also not tied to the the bumps and the ramps yeah like you're still contributing to it you're still adding to the the bucket that everybody else is contributing to whether what you did made a big splash or a little splash yeah. you're still contributing and it still matters too yeah. you know it's our documentary is still out there for people to enjoy it. Your yep. book is out there for people to enjoy it. Whether or not it's as big of a deal as some books that you may write one day. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change the fact that it still it still was a contribution. It still mattered and yep. you still you did still execute your yep. craft. Yes. I appreciate that. Yep. In the words of uh Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life, which was deemed a failure when it first came out, wasn't a success till many years later. Uh, it's amazing the hole that is left when a man, you know, no longer is around, just kind of like the value that we bring, even though we don't feel like it. You yeah. Know, George Bailey, his whole life was a series of personal failures to him, but in the long run, it was a success because it is the expanse of our life that matters. You know, the yeah. end goal. So, yeah. Hopefully that that brought some encouragement to everyone listening. Uh, I know it encouraged me. 
Good. Hopefully it encouraged you. Yeah. Ryan looks like he's dead in his eyes. So <laughs> he's just like, that didn't I help got, at all. <laughs> I got the post-lunch Friday <laughs> going on right now, guys. That's right. Yeah. 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 I'm going to just chill this weekend. I hope it's a good little chill chill sash weekend. Good. So, But anyways, for everyone here at uh, Studio Red and Brand Red, uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part of it. We hope that this has been encouraging. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.